0: Hey, this is Mike Heideman, host of Sound Sessions on WGN Radio, and you are listening to the Jay Doherty Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Jay Doherty Podcast. Uh, yes, this is episode 24. Now, I have been away for a very long time. I've been... I am so sorry to all the people who are fans of the podcast, who subscribe to the podcast, who just, people just that, like, like to enjoy listening to the podcast. I have been gone for quite some time, um, and... I am very sorry, I've been extremely busy with a lot of things, um, including a kind of studio overhaul that I've been working on as I've shifted uh, towards other interests and things like that, particularly with music, and a lot of things outside of the media production that I've been extremely busy with. But over the summer, I plan to have much more time devoted to not only the podcast, but also you know, music production, which you may have seen. I've been doing some stuff with that. Uh, I'll talk about that in a future episode. i also talk about the gigantic studio overall that I did uh, with a lot of things. I cleaned up the studio a lot. I had some help from some great people uh, and got some new gear as well, and I'm sure a lot of people would be interested in hearing about that gear and how what I think about it. So I will talk about that, of course, but today the focus of the episode is some more interviews. Now, <clears throat> I've done interviews in the past with uh, people like uh, Ted Kennedy Jr., uh, Sheila Kennedy, Conor Kennedy, Bill Daley. Um, uh, this today, for particularly for the Special Olympics, um, which is 50th anniversary of its founding, actually started, or is going to happen in July. Um, it was started in 1968 in July, and then they're going to have a huge ceremony uh, here in Chicago for it. And I was lucky enough, uh, Mainly for the Special Olympics, I was lucky enough to interview uh, Ann Burke, who was extremely she was instrumental in the founding of the Special Olympics, um, and I'll talk about that a little bit in the intro of the interview. And also Tom Ricketts, who's the owner of the Chicago Cubs, and he does a lot of stuff with Cubs charities that helps out the Special Olympics, uh, which is really cool. But he was the owner. Uh, he's the owner of the Chicago Cubs. He's I think he started a soccer team. He is a pretty cool guy. I had the incredible opportunity to sit down with him and Ann Burke separately. But I will play uh, the interviews for you. Uh, they're very interesting. and If you want to see the interviews on the page itself, you can go to j slash Burke for Ann Burks or j-doherty.com slash Tom Ricketts for Tom Ricketts. Um, and then if you want to see this podcast post and the show notes to it, go ahead and go to j episode 24. So I will start out with Ann Burke's interview, which is right here. Have a listen. Let me know what you think. Email me at j storycom So now, without further ado, here is the interview with Illinois Supreme Court Justice Ann Burke. Today, I had the honor of interviewing Illinois Supreme Court Justice Ann Burke. Justice Burke was instrumental from day one in helping launch the world-renowned Special Olympics. She was just a 21-year-old Park District employee who had a great idea. And with the help of Eunice Kennedy Shriver, she brought her idea to Great Heights. The Special Olympics now has over 172 countries participating and over 5 million athletes. Here's the podcast interview. Justice Burke, thank you so much for uh, sitting down for this interview for the Special Olympics. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for asking me, Jay. The 50th anniversary for Special Olympics is coming up very soon in July. It started in 1968, 2018. Uh, How are we going to celebrate this amazing anniversary for Special Olympics?
1: Oh, Jay, there's tons of things that are being celebrated right now and have been in the last uh, beginning of the, the, since January, since the first of the year. Things were down in Carbondale. They had a big event down there. I was down there a couple weeks ago. Uh, There was an event today. Um, where uh, Mr. Ricketts spoke, and there's all kinds of events that are coming up, especially on July 20th, -hmm. which will be the lighting of the Eternal Flame. The Eternal Flame is a beautiful um, piece of sculpture that Richard Hunt has uh, put together. It's 30 feet high. It will be sitting at McFetridge Boulevard, Mm -hmm. and uh, McFetridge Boulevard is a significant place for Special Olympics in 50 years, too. Mr. McFetteridge was president of the Chicago Park District when Special Olympics started. But for him and others, of course, many people helped, but he, being president, wanted to have these games and made sure that we had them. Yeah, that's very interesting. I actually even heard talk of adding a fifth star to the, as I see you have that little uh,
0: patch. Uh, what is the uh, mission and the statement behind that campaign for the
1: fifth star? Well, the fifth star campaign is really important because We have a a beautiful Chicago flag. Two of the stars represent um, events at the world's fairs, two different world's fairs, which were one-day events. They were hugely successful. And then the other two stars represent some things that were kind of tragic, the Fort Dearborn massacre and also the Chicago fire. Things to remember, I suppose, but the most important thing about the fifth star is that it's not a one-day event. It's, so far, it's a living mission that's gone worldwide to 172 countries. It's a concept, it's an idea to make sure people who have disabilities can learn the skills necessary so they can feel good about themselves, their families can feel good about themselves, and really show off their abilities. Mm -hmm. They can run, jump, play ball, tap dance, twirl a baton. Mm -hmm. Everything that anyone else does, our Special Olympians do as well. So thinking back to Pullman Park um,
0: when this, all, this mission began, um, do you ever go back there? Do you ever
1: think about what it's like? Uh, how does that all come into play? Well, West Pullman Park was really kind of a, a magical place. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a young phys ed teacher, as you have already described, um, working with people with disabilities, and I had never met anybody with a disability at, by, at that time. Never. So what did I know? I didn't know what I could do and what I couldn't do. So everything was kind of an experiment. I blew my whistle and said, line up on the blue line. Well, 25 little kids kept on running around and it dawned on me. They didn't know what a line was. They didn't know what colors were. So that's kind of, they were taught me more than I could ever teach them how to teach children. But I did go back to the park recently, uh, someone wanted to see it, and it is exactly the same. It's still a magical place, there's still a program there, kids are learning and progressing just like everything else, and there's 23 other parks just like it. So we've had 50 years of people coming through the park program, learning skills, having friends and friendships and feeling good about themselves and us feeling good about them. It it's, was a magical place. Yes, that's very awesome. And
0: is there, just overall, is there like a favorite Special Olympic story that you'd like to share with us just in honor of
1: this upcoming? Well, there's all kinds of Special Olympic stories, but I'll go back in history because that's what you were asking about in 1968. Just picture Soldier Field, the north end of it. There was a huge, 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 swimming pool oh, wow. that was constructed by Adolf Kiefer. He was a mm-hmm. former Olympic swimmer and he had a company to build swimming pools. He donated a swimming pool and the Chicago Park District riggers and plumbers and carpenters put it together at the north end of Soldier Field. Mm-hmm. So we actually had a swimming event in Soldier Field. That's pretty cool. That's really cool. Also that same day there were all kinds of other, events that took place underneath the stands. For instance, Barbara Ann Scott King, who was an Olympic ice skater, figure skater, she brought ice skates and there was a Teflon ice skating rink underneath the stands so kids could uh, play uh, and go skating. That's really awesome. I actually, my sister Rosalie is
0: um, a Special Olympian. I'm very proud to support her. And I think what surprises a lot of people is that, as you said before, the Special Olympics is really a true athletic competition. Um, She's had to do weeks of training. She's had to um, qualify for race times and things like that. Um, What surprised you or continues to surprise you about
1: the Special Olympics and what it's come to today? Well, I think the most important factor about Special Olympics is that the Special Olympians themselves feel good about themselves because they've made achievements. Mm-hmm. They've not had opportunities historically to, to show what they can know and, and show to their families and to the world what they can know. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably, on a daily basis, for your sister Rosalie, you know, once she qualifies and she keeps on trying to, doesn't she feel good about herself? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's wonderful. So do you when you yeah. practice and do right. something perfect. So it's just um, an amazing feeling, I think, that the Olympians get, as well as their families and all of us, for their achievements. Yes, that's very um, awesome. I It's actually...
0: Um, I read somewhere that it was reported that Mayor Richard Daley turned back 50 years or almost 50 years ago at the first um, Special Olympics game and said the world will never be to, be the same to uh, Eunice Kennedy Shriver. Um, now that it's almost 50 years later, what do you think about that statement? How far has it come?
1: He must have had a, uh, an angel with a vision, um, which you know, really is significant when you read that statement now that he said it then. It must have really clicked for him, because at that time, children with disabilities, there was no special education, there was no special recreation, there was no ADA American with Disabilities Act, there was nothing. Um, People with disabilities were in institutions or hidden in the closet, so Mayor Daly having seen these kids this must have been a revelation for him to be able to say that and actually his dream came true that's really amazing just to
0: think about um do you ever think about how far the special olympics has come um and like do you ever think about or just become aware like of how big
1: when you started this and what it is today how far it's come and how big of a difference you made jay to tell you the truth i i still it's hard for me to believe that what started here in Chicago in the parks has grown to be such an international global event, changing the world, changing what people think about people with disabilities. I mean, I see it, I know it's happened, but at the time, no one would have been able to predict that that could have happened, that a whole idea of people with disabilities was gonna be transformed about what they can do and what they can't do. Um, I, I really... I'm amazed uh, the to see athletes like Rosalie and her colleagues and Special Olympians do what they do. They're going to school, they're reading, they're participating, and they're actually contributing members to our society. And that's that's something that's so important to all of us as a society, to know that everybody contributes and we have to help them contribute to society. There's more to be done, of course. Mm -hmm. We need more jobs for people with disabilities. We need long-term residential care for people with disabilities. So we can't stand still just because they are Special Olympians. We still have to make sure that the quality of their lives is continuing on and will continue on the rest of their lives.
0: Right, and speaking of continuing on in twenty nineteen, there's the international games for the Special Olympics held in Abu Dhabi. Do you have any plans to attend?
1: Oh, I sure do. As long oh, sure. as I'm going to be able to go, I'm yeah. going to be there. Yeah. Absolutely. Are you going to go, Jay?
0: Well, yes. Yeah, so if I if I can, I will definitely go, and it'll be. I plan to just watch and see and learn more about the games and everything like that.
1: So it's definitely an exciting event. So uh, you know, Jay, I can actually order your mother and father to take you, oh. and they have no appeal after I tell them they have to go. Oh. So, so we have a we have a, a, a you know plan here. I'll do that. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Jay. Very you. much.
0: So that was the interview uh, with Illinois Supreme Court Justice Ann Burke. Uh, it was a great interview. Uh, she was talking about. It. In the last part, the 50 or the uh, games, the World Games this year, 2019, in March uh, in Abu Dhabi, she was uh, kind of uh, joking with me with that, but she was also very serious, I think, in inviting me to go, which was very nice and everything. So uh, yeah, that was uh, Ann Burke's interview. I also, as I mentioned uh, earlier in the podcast, I did an interview with uh, Tom Ricketts, the owner of the Chicago Cubs, and and that interview also went very well, in my opinion. Uh, so here is the interview with Tom Ricketts again, if you want to see the actual page with the questions and the show notes and everything, go ahead and go to uh, j-doherty.com slash Tom Ricketts. Without further ado, here is the interview with the Chicago Cubs owner, Tom Ricketts. Today I had the honor of interviewing Tom Ricketts. Mr. Ricketts is the chairman of the Chicago Cubs. He's also the chief executive officer of InCapital LLC, a Chicago investment bank that packages corporate bonds for retail investors. Mr. Ricketts and his family have been lifelong Cubs fans. They were living and dying with the Cubs' wins and losses. When the Ricketts family assumed control of the team, Cubs' charities expanded by over 40%. The Special Olympics and the Cubs continue to have a great relationship, especially as the 50th anniversary of the founding of the Special Olympics Nears. I asked Mr. Ricketts about this upcoming celebration and so much more. Here's the podcast interview. Mr. Ricketts, thank you so much for agreeing to do this interview for Special Olympics. So obviously you have had a a very strong connection with the Chicago Cubs um, for quite a long time. I even read that you met your wife in the bleachers there. Mm -hmm. Um, But how did you end up making the business decision to buy a baseball team?
2: Uh, Well, you know, that's a great question. One of the things that we liked about the idea of a baseball team is it's really a family business. Mm Uh, When I was young, my father had a family business that grew to the point that it wasn't really much of a family business anymore. It got to be too big. And the nice part about a baseball team is it can be a family business for generations. I think that was a big part. And then we're all just big fans. Mm -hmm. So that was a lot of what the decision was.
0: So Chicago Cubs Charities is a huge program involving many charities. Um, And for the viewers who don't know much about it, they just know about the team. Could you talk a little bit about the Chicago Cubs charity mission?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, we, our, our mission is to support youth sport, fitness, and education, uh, so we do programs for, for younger people in general. We give a lot of money to other organizations through Cubs Care, which is a partnership with the McCormick Foundation, so a million dollars a year, roughly, or at least, goes out through, uh, through that program. And then we also have our own programs, uh, the Diamond Project, which builds ball fields all over the, uh, all over the city. We have the Cubs, Chicago Cubs Scholars. Which is uh, a program that gives mentors and scholarships to uh, worthy and um, you know, needy uh, you know, students who are looking to go to college, and then um, and then we have uh, we have the, the youth on, uh, fitness on the move, right? basically a program that goes around the city teaching kids about uh, health and um, physical education and and uh, nutrition all over. So um, we have a bunch of programs and and we're growing every year.
0: Yeah, and it, I think it began with cancer research in, in the 1980s, I believe is what I read. And um, I also saw that when your family assumed control, it grew by 40%. Um, just out of curiosity, what do you attribute to that success?
2: Well, I think one of the things that we brought to the, uh, brought to the, the charity side of it was just uh, a commitment to add resources and, and just focus on it. Uh, we had a good program going, and we just built on it. So it's, uh, it's been you know, rewarding and successful.
0: So the Cubs also announced a slogan uh, for 2018: "Everybody's in." Um, and the Special Olympics, which w- we just had a breakfast for that uh, earlier today, um, has fi- over five million athletes in 172 countries um, all around the world. Is there anything in particular that you think the Cubs players could learn from the Special Olympic, the Special Olympians, and the Special Olympians could learn from the Cubs?
2: Oh, that's a great question. I, I think that. Um, as you know, like we do have a lot of players that have volunteered their time mm-hmm. as ambassadors for Special Olympics. And I think what they get out of that is just that they, they see that um, you know, how fortunate they are, but also how a little bit of time and, and a platform for some of these Special Olympians to, uh, to pursue their athletic goals, how valuable that is. Mm-hmm. And um, I think our guys, um, I mean, I think they really appreciate the time. They appreciate the fact there's a program like this that allows allows kids with special challenges to to achieve as athletes. So um, I think we can learn a lot from each other.
0: And um, this is shifting just a little bit to another topic, but I was very curious to ask you. Um, there was a video clip in a part of a game where Anthony Rizzo, who is a graduate of uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, um, he hit a home run and he pointed up to the sky um, in honor of the Parkland, Florida um, Sh- school shooting victims, and they were they wore um, hashtag MSD Strong shirts. I was very curious to know what your thoughts were as you witnessed that moment right in when that happened.
2: Well, uh, Anthony Rizzo is a very special player, uh, one of the most community oriented players. Uh, he's he won the Roberto Clemente Award for uh, in, in Major League Baseball last year for being the most kind of civically oriented player. Uh, He gives a lot of time, a lot of money, and a lot of uh, effort to his charities uh, for for kids, mostly kids that are facing cancer, uh, which is uh, something he had to do when he was a young man. But uh, when his school, his high school, was where this terrible shooting took place, he just proved once again what a high-character young man he is and got on a flight and went down there, was part of the vigil, and has been part of the healing process. For everyone at, uh, in Parkland and, and from, the, from the high school. So we're very proud of, uh, of Anthony and what a great young man he is and how much he means to so many people.
0: Yeah. I saw there was a video put out about uh, with you juggling and you raised like $1.8 million dollars for um, sports and health initiatives uh, for Chicago's at-risk kids. Um, is there any like favorite event or favorite part of uh, any Cubs charity uh, event that you've ever gone to?
2: Well, I like that event yeah. because it gets all the players together. Yeah. And, it, you know, initially I thought that the players would uh, kind of like not want to go, but as it turns out, they look forward to it. They all show up, uh, they have a great time, they sit with fans, we raise a lot of money. It's just a real celebration of team unity, and it's a celebration of, of community spirit that the team has, and so that's my favorite event for the Cubs by far.
0: That's awesome. Mr. Ricketts, thank you so much for your time, I really appreciate it. Thanks, Jeff. thought yeah, that was very interesting to share, especially on the podcast, and, um... Yeah, I mean, I thought that those were great interviews. If you want to learn more about exactly uh, what the Special Olympics is, they have a great website, sochicago.org, um, and then there's uh, on my website I have some information about what I asked them and things like that, uh, of course, so that's really awesome. If you want to learn more, even just about other interviews I've done, just go to my website, go check out my YouTube channel, or just even look at previous episodes on the podcast where I talk about that. Uh, but that's going to wrap it up, I think, for this episode of the Jade Podcast. Uh, there are going to be a lot of episodes of this podcast being released, uh, like, rapidly. It'll be, like, boom, 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 because I need to catch up. I'm very mad at myself that I missed so much of the podcast, and I wanted- I want to just start back up again and get it going, uh, one more time, because we still have a lot of people that listen, and it's just, you know, I- I was very busy, but uh, no more excuses anymore. The whole summer we're going to have podcasts, probably more frequently. I also have another podcast called the JDRC Politics Podcast, um... Which is all about world and national politics. I co host it with my good friend Ryan Clark. Go ahead and go to jdrcpolitics.com or check it out on iTunes. It's called JDRC Politics. Uh, and I'm sure you'll like it. Uh, and, and you can learn a lot m- uh, more about politics uh, and, and how, uh, I guess, news and everything, uh, particularly pertaining to world and national news so again thank you so much for listening to the podcast I really appreciate it and uh, if you would go ahead and uh, subscribe to the podcast if you like it or just give us a nice review or a bad review just let me know what you think about the podcast give me feedback either on my website jda- storycom or in the iTunes uh, option to let me know about, uh, and give feedback about the podcast so thank you so much for uh, what, listening to this episode episode number 24 of the JD uh, of the jdory podcast i will see you next week or next episode uh, on the jay daugherty podcast have a great day thank you for listening goodbye